This episode of the Instant Speed Podcast is also brought to you by TCG Player. Yeah, Uprising is the newest draftable set of Flesh and Blood available for sale in the U.S. on July 1st. Everywhere else, June 24th. But be wary of that delay. Filled with fiery ninja attacks, summoning those phoenix flames, invoking fierce dragons, or flinging chilling arcane damage towards unsuspecting opponents, this latest set is high-powered addition to the world of Wraith. Now, kickstart your journey with the legendary dragon collection exclusively available at TCG Player. In it, you get two boxes of Uprising, all of the three unique Dragon Shield themed Dragon Shields, and an exclusive full art promo card with the Sleek Collector Box. These bundles will sell out fast and are only available at TCG Player. Don't get mired in frostbite. Use the link in the description and pick up your boxes before the Draconic Fire burns up your opportunity to own this exclusive collection. Use those links in the description to support the podcast. Go ahead and score that exclusive bundle before they turn to ash. This is the Instant Speed Podcast, episode number 37. Our guest today is none other than Alex of Fabled Academy. Yes, episode 37 brought to you by FabDB.net, your premier source for deck building tools, collection management, and simulated booster drafting. You can upgrade your account at FabDB.net, get access to all of those features, and bring your game to the next level. Before we get to our guests, we got the facts, ladies and gentlemen. While pre-release is over, yes, that is all wrapped up. We got our grubby little mitts on more of those uprising packs. The success of this set feels imminent. I mean, besides the delay. Yes, there is a delay to the release. Again, we saw this announced most recently. All of you friends out there in the United States cannot buy product until July 1st. Ironically, that's Canada Day, and Canada can get their packs sooner than that, so ha-ha, but yeah, it kind of feels bad. Nonetheless, we've seen some of the pulls from the community, and it feels like these boxes are absolutely juiced with great content, as many people have submitted all of their loot. You can see the pictures just rolling across the screen here. Gems, treasures that were unearthed in all of these wicked packs. RTN season, Road to National season, is kicking off on July 2nd through the 24th. So if you're on a quest for glory, maybe go to your nationals and qualify for it. Maybe win it. Get to Worlds. That is on the radar, friends. So do not forget that that is also happening. So that is happening again between July 2nd and the 24th. You can go to fabtcg.com, use the events locator, and find the tournaments nearest to you. Different formats. There's CC and there's Draft. Both are awesome. The July Armory kits are going to focus around the latest fiery draconic ninja hero. That would be Fi, as you can see here. Some really cool playmats, some great stuff to be had. So go check out, again, the events locator. Call your LGS and wonder, hey, when are the armories? Where can I pick up some of this cool swag? 
and make that happen. The other friends, again, thank you, as always, to our Patreon members who support the channel for as low as a dollar a month. You can give me a pat on the back. If you like the content, you can go to patreon.com slash instantspeedpod. There are three tiers, all of which offer some special little perks. But I want to give a special shout-out to our Tier 3, including our latest Tier 3 member. That would be CCG. So thank you so much, which is kind of funny because CCG is like... Well, collectible card game. So thank you so much. Logan P., Joshua L., Static Panic, Caleb, Michael H., Ryan K., Kirk B., Tom R., Alaric C., Roger, and Andy T. Thank you, as always, for your support, for keeping the lights on here at Instant Speed. Yes, it is episode 37. Our guest is Fabled Academy. We'll get right to that after these quick words from FabDB. With pre-release way behind us, you know, it's just been a weekend or so, but man, do we miss those sealed, right? And some of us are still waiting to get our hands on the new cards. They're coming, friends. So get started. Get on fabdb.net. Upgrade your account to premium. Start building those decks. Get some simulated booster drafting in as well, friends, because RTN season... That's important as well, and the format is going to be draft. We heard James White talk about it on the podcast last week, that mixed formats, you know, CC and limited pushed together is how the major tournaments are going to be played. So get practiced with it. Go to fabdb.net, upgrade your account to premium, have access to those very valuable simulated booster drafts. They are integral to your success. So go to fabdb.net and bring your game to the next level. The Instant Speed Podcast is happy to welcome one of the premier videographers of the flesh and blood culture, alongside his girlfriend, Leah Alex of Fabled Academy, has produced some of the best video content for the game that we love so much. So welcome to ISP, Alex of Fabled Academy. How are you, my friend? Matt, thank you so much for having me. I'm really honored. And yeah, I'm good. It's uh, 6 p.m. here in Germany, so in the good way here on the day and i'm really happy to be on <laughs> well I, I appreciate you coming on and I, I know that this is something that we wanted to do uh a little bit you know and and have a few things line up which uh, we will get into because there are some you know big announcements as it were some new progression in your career and more cementing of the fabled academy you know legacy here but uh yeah we, we're recording this currently it's uh, june 21st which uh, first of all Happy birthday to my sister. My sister turns 40 today, and she is beautiful and amazing. So I just want to throw that out. She doesn't listen to my podcast. She doesn't like my nerdy stuff. But I'm going to take this <laughs> opportunity to say happy birthday to my sister, Melissa. Um, but yeah, that said, it is uh, currently uh, June 21st. It's a, it's a Tuesday, and it's 6 p.m. where you're at. And again, this is part of the beauty, I think, Alex, that you can agree with, is we're from all over the place. And we most recently... Got to meet up in New Jersey, all over the world, um, got to sort of just culminate in, in the New York, New Jersey region. But before we get to that, tell us a little bit about how you got to where you were. This is your first time on the program, so I want to ask you about your origin story, Alex, how you got involved in Flesh and Blood, a little bit of your, your history going up to where you are today, which is, you know, one of the premier videographers of the game. Yeah, at first, like, happy birthday to your sister, too, from my side. So, <laughs> um, yeah, my, my origin is um, also in TCGs. So uh, I was noticing flesh and blood because I was collecting Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon cards. And before COVID, I was also going to tournaments uh, in Yu-Gi-Oh! 
even though I wasn't a big player myself, I love to be around players and other collectors. So, yeah. And um, in the last year, in October, there uh, was a game convention here in Germany. So at that convention, um, there were quite some sellers that had magic cards. And also um, one of these sellers had some Tales of Aria boxes. And I was really interested in those because I thought they were looking great. And before that, I only had seen Flesh and Blood cards online. So what was really catching my eye was the Mask of Momentum, the artwork. And yes. I just didn't know anyone who was playing or collecting the game. So I took the chance at the convention and picked up some Toa boxes and felt right away in love with it. So opened up some boxes and since that pretty much every day. <laughs> Yeah, that's where you end up, right? It's just kind of like this—you fall down this rabbit hole. Tales of Aria wasn't my first set. My first set was Monarch Era, um, but I can honestly say that Tales of Aria, I think, is one of my favorite sets. And and the artwork, again, like you mentioned, you you look at a, a card like Mask of Momentum and you see the stylized artwork. Um, you know just how how flavorful it is, and then you go into something like Tales of Aria, where you know the thematic. Uh, approach to how the artwork is the elemental you know influence to it it's it's such a beautiful set is tales of aria your favorite set i have to say yes overall tales of aria is my favorite set because i think the artworks in itself so when you look at the whole set they really work so great together and seeing the elementals uh, lining up is so awesome Uh, also weaving in with the lore behind them so I think that is really an awesome job from LSS side and also all the um, artists and the concept writers that had worked on this. And I I just fell in love with it. I collected all the cards and I love all the cards from comments to the fabled, like really awesome. Oh, yeah. no, I, I completely agree. I think that there's no better. I mean, if you're going to pick three cards to just basically demonstrate just the sheer beauty of what Tales of Aria is. You can put Crown of Seeds next to Shock Charmers, next to Heart of Ice. You know, you have your Earth, your Lightning, and your Ice cards, and they are such beautiful. Having all three of those in Cold Foil is kind of a little mission of mine. I have uh, Shock Charmers in Rainbow Foil, but I think Shock Charmers in Cold Foil is one of the most beautiful cards that exists, so I I have to agree with you there. Now, your progression through the flesh and blood lifestyle has been, you know, you've played the game, you saw the game, you bought it, but you are now really, uh, you've established yourself as truly a pillar of a documentarian, as it were, of flesh and blood culture. So what is it uh, to you about the appeal of kind of following along the, the periphery of everything that goes on outside of what happens within the 50-minute rule set of an actual competitive game. You know, you have the game itself where somebody sits across from somebody else, there's this, there's something on the line, there's something at stake, but there you are, and you're more interested in everything around that, everything that happens outside of that. Can you tell us a little bit about the appeal and what draw, you know drives you to really want to dig in and peel layers back and, and expose the beauty of the culture and the community? Yeah, so I think this was the the biggest part for me to join in that deep into the community because um, I felt really, um, yeah, just friendly, invited by the community. Everybody was so warm and helpful when I first got to the LGS and also uh, gotten to know people online. And yeah, I, I really got in touch with um, 
people around the world very fast because I was searching for some cards for my collection and in Europe and in Germany particularly, it's pretty hard to get some of these cards. So I reached out to collectors uh, online, either on YouTube, eBay, Discord, Facebook, like everywhere. And then I started to realize like, okay, of, of course there is the beauty in the cards and um, all the concepts behind uh, the lore and so on, but also the community and the people are just amazing. Like really, I gotten to know people from Australia, from New Zealand, from um, USA and also here from Europe. Uh, Come on, man. What about us? Yes, what about and now we, now we are here in Canada. Hey, we're buddies. We're yeah. friends. We, we, we hung out together. So it's, it's established. Like you cannot just brush <laughs> me off now. A lot of people like to just kind of toss Canada in with the USA, but it's kind of like telling a New Zealander that they're from Australia. Like there's the same kind of like, yeah, we're <laughs> like, we're okay with them, but we're not them. Like we need to establish that. But, um, yeah. I, I, one thing that I got to pick out of your answer there is the fact that you mentioned that the community is just so vibrant. And I know that this is something that we say on almost every podcast. And it's it, for an outsider, for somebody who's just kind of tuning in and, and has perhaps heard all the different podcasts talk about just how great the community is. I cannot stress enough, and I'm sure that you can kind of go into a little bit more detail about what makes the community so great. But as somebody who has been really deeply entrenched in so many different CCG communities of different games. This has honestly been the best. And I know it's fresh and I know it's relatively new. And I know that the, it's not all, you know, uh, unicorns and rainbows. But does it not seem like this is just such a, um, a supportive space? It's such a, a positive place. Like, can you tell us a little bit about what makes the community so not just positive and great that you you want to be in it, but also so fascinating that you're willing to devote so many countless hours and all this effort to document it and make these wonderful videos about Flesh and Blood. Yeah, I think it's really uh, what I want to show besides the tournaments. Um, really, like when, when I look at my life, I'm really interested in many more hobbies and areas than flesh and blood and every time i speak to a person in the flesh and blood community i realize like oh wow this person also is interested in at least two or three areas that i am uh, into besides flesh and blood and i think that's just so awesome like you can build friendships around flesh and blood but then you realize like okay there's so much more to this where I can connect to and um, I can identify to. And that's when I realized like, wow, okay, this, this community is just made for me and I am made for this community. And I really want to take the step and look in if it's actually possible to build something like I am doing now, because uh, it is really my dream to surround uh, myself with people like uh, they are into the flesh and blood community. And I, I'm totally, I'm totally in love with this community and all the people I meet uh, at the tournaments and all the friends I met along uh, the last month. Yeah, it's 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 fascinating when you just kind of look at it. You're like, you are. I'm like, it, it is a loving kind of environment, which is odd yeah. to say at, at a certain point. But then you realize it's like, well, it's almost like going to family reunions now, right? Like, it's it's odd to say <laughs> It, it, or it's odd to sort of make that comparison, but like every time I go to a tournament and I see the same faces, everybody's just sort of, hey, like how you been? What's new? How you doing? And it's and and it's it's like you're seeing your friends or your family uh, for the first time in, in several months, which you know in in many cases is a lot better than 
you know, or a lot more frequent than certain people have. Like this is is truly kind of like a global family for a lot of people who attend a lot of these events. And when you see somebody, you know, you 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 show up. For instance, like in Las Vegas, and you were you at one of the uprising premieres? Yes, I was in Madrid. So you're in Madrid. Um, and I want to know if you had the same feeling as I did, because when I walked into Vegas. You know, you show up at Vegas and like you meet your your friends that you you kind of were organizing the trip with and you go there and you meet up on the Thursday or the Friday morning or whatever. But then you walk into the event and and it's like, hey, there's so and so and there's so and so and there it's like it felt like, you know, this there's this family vibe. And obviously there's going to be people, people that you're not necessarily familiar with or you, you don't you haven't met yet. But did you get that same vibe when you walked into the uprising premiere in Madrid? What was the vibe? Was there that similar kind of family reunion style vibe? Was everybody just happy to see each other as much as they were happy to get their hands on new cards? Yes, totally. Um, I mean, like New Jersey was kind of really a a hotspot of feelings, I guess, for me um, in getting to know all all the people I met online before. And then Madrid was like really, um, really a similar feeling. And I think even more of um, people I didn't knew before from uh, around Europe that I met there for the first time. But then it was like uh, instantly, okay, wow, we are just on the same line. Uh, we vibe and that's awesome. Like meeting a person for the first time and it feels like you know each other for two or three years. When you have that basis, you have that foundation of, of, of you know, common interest. When I was... Uh... The first event that I ever did in person was in Orlando for the, the U.S. Nationals. And I got there, and the first person that I met that I had never spoken to, or I never met in person, but I'd spoken to online, was um, one of the pro players named Austin Yost, who uh, really one of the nicest and funniest guys out there. And we went out for dinner, just him and I, and we had never met in person. And as soon as we started talking, like we, you immediately find the common ground. It's like, oh, you played Lord of the Rings TCG. I played Lord of the Rings TCG. And then it was just instant bond, instant friendship. And from then onward, and, and that's the beauty of this community. It's not just about flesh and blood. It's about common interest. Um, your first flesh and blood video, what was your first ever endeavor into uh, you know, a flesh and blood video? What was it? Yeah, um, my first video I uploaded um, this year in January, and it was kind of a information video. So I talked about what we knew so far about Everfest. It was kind of um, before the release and when all the spoilers happened. And I kind of felt like, oh, wow, what would it feel like if I was in these spoiler seasons and making a video? And I, I just tried to talk about the cards and everything. And also I, um, I invited um, yeah, to, to other content creators and a player from Germany to talk with me about the cards because I was really new to the hobby and I didn't knew that much about the meta and everything. So it was kind of interesting to me to show this from a newbie in the hobby to how it is like to join the community and talk to people from the community. So, um, yeah, it was the combination of both like being a newbie in the hobby and then also like um, trying out a video style, which uh, LSS then hopefully will look at and uh, see what may be possible in the future. So the um, that that video led to obviously a series and just an ongoing passion that has been very well received from the entire community in terms of what you bring there. And 
you know, you said it started off as like an inform informative um, type video and finding your groove within the content creation space is a discussion I've had with multiple others. I had a nice discussion with it uh, about it with people like Az from Go Again Gaming with, um, you know, Tommy Fresh with Logan Peterson, like really awesome human beings. Um, same thing with Melody Likes from New Zealand. I mean, everybody's you know, blazing their own tra uh, their own trails and finding their own space. Was it intimidating for you to get in? Like you mentioned, you got in in January. I wasn't too far behind uh, or too far ahead of you. I mean, I think I, I started, we're on episode 37. So we do we've done one of these every week. So we're, we're about, and I skipped a week. So about 38 weeks of my flesh and blood content creating life has been a whirlwind. Um, did you have any anxieties or any, um, you know, those kind of mental roadblocks that say, should I be doing this? How do I get into yeah. it? Because a lot of the questions I get regarding content creation are, where do I start? How do I start? What do I do? And, you know, a lot of my my advice that I give to people, and I've written an article about how to get into this. If anyone's interested, it's on wraithtimes.com. But the, the whole point of this is just start and be genuine. Um, was always my advice. Just getting, just, just doing things the right way, maintaining a reputation, which you've you've done immaculately. But did you have the same, you know, concerns that may have stopped you or may have hindered your 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 initial first steps into getting into this world of content creation? Um, I have to say yes. It is like this, and I think it's really normal to to have these kind of feelings. <clears throat> I don't think that uh, any content creator, no matter at which level he is or she is, um, don't have these feelings that you need to uh, work with. And um, actually, as I uploaded my first video, I started a, a calendar to, to tackle this <laughs> because um, I think it's all about, as you said, making the first step and uh, not worry too much about okay what is the first topic what do i do how do i look just start and even when you don't upload it um, publicly just upload it to youtube and watch it for yourself but make that first step and then always the second part is uh, stay positive no matter what happens like even when bad things or things that at first sight don't look that good happen um, try to see it in a positive way and that what actually i did like as I uploaded my first video, I started the calendar and marked every day black in which I kind of had the chance to see something positive that happened maybe badly. Or even when it was a really positive day, I marked it black. And uh, this kept me going really. Like I saw so much opportunities and so much uh, space to grow when I started to uh, look at it in a positive way. And it just keeps me going. Honestly, it, it is so much experience I could get out of it. Yeah, the momentum that you feel, especially when you have a successful video or you're proud of a video, it's always a really good kick in the ass to keep you going. I find that, you know, the, the community has always been very positive and very kind to me, and I'm always grateful for that. But what they don't know is that that pat on the back or that, hey, good job or nice video or whatever, it's so, it's so much more than just validation. It's fuel, and it's it just lights a fire underneath you to keep you going. And, um, you know, where you're now, where you are now, you're you're your have you how can you describe your first video versus your most recent video and your most recent projects because your first video was informative and now you're doing more of a, a documentarian style uh a documentary style 
you know, behind the scenes kind of expose of the community, of the culture, of the events themselves, everything that's away from the attacks and the and the blocks. You know, uh, what what is the progress that you would attribute to your video style and and where you're headed in terms of your genre and your mission? Yeah, so basically I had this in mind, what I'm doing now um, as I started, but uh, it, it wasn't possible here in Europe. So um, as I entered in last October, there was a calling announced in the Netherlands in Utrecht, which is, uh, yeah, unfortunately was canceled a couple of times. So initially I wanted to do my first video at the calling. So traveling there, a newbie in the hobby and uh, just what what is it like to join uh, the community and what is the calling all about that uh, concept I had in mind for my first video, but I keep moving forward and moving forward. And I was like, okay, when, when I just wait till the calling happens, maybe it's in the middle of the year. And apparently it is <laughs> like the calling will be in the next month. So when I have waited for this moment to happen, I would have lost all the opportunities I had in the last six months. And uh, that's why I decided to start with an informative video that I just could put out uh, immediately and stick to the concepts I had in mind and just write them down and wait for an opportunity to happen. And um, yeah, as you can see on my channel, opportunities came and I took everything I could and moved to New Jersey for the videos and everything. Like um, I think to, taking the first step was really important, yeah. Now this has led you to where you're heading now, which is a, you know, I, I'm not entirely sure in, in terms of what the, what, like what, how to classify it, but you, you have an affiliation, if not a, a working relationship now with LSS, with Legend Story Studios. Talk to us a little bit about what you're going to be doing for Legend Story Studios and, uh, you know, and how they reached out to you. Um, you know, how did that relationship develop? Because I know that people like James White, like and what people don't understand is that LSS isn't like this ivory tower kind of uh bunker somewhere where they are just essentially insulated from the outside world they're they're a, you know they're a group of people who love the game as we do and they consume the content like we do one of the most you know flattering things that i ever heard was when an lss employee or you know mentioned that they they are not just aware of the podcast but they but they listen to it you know, weekly when, when episodes come out because they say it's a good way to sort of keep track of what's going on in the community. And that was very flattering to me. How did they get in touch with you? Because you do such good work. I would imagine that eventually you, you, you were on their radar, but how did that relationship develop and what will you be doing with LSS? Yes. So um, at first I, I can say like, I got a lot of messages about this. So uh people were speculating and hoping and some were even asking, okay, is it this or this, what you're doing with LSS? And um, I think like we are building a relationship, like, you know, in a real relationship, you would take a step by step and get to know each other, but uh, it is not like an official affiliation or an official partnership uh, yet, but we are making commissions. So, the first time we actually um, made the first commission happen was in New Jersey, which was um, a really emotional moment for me. And I'm happy I could share it also with uh, one of the other content creators out there. Um, so shout out to Salty Whale, who was around when this moment happened, as actually I got my first commission and I, I couldn't believe it actually, like as uh, 
yeah, Chris came up to me and said, yeah, we talked about it and we actually want to do a first commission with you. And it was really, uh, I was in tears. I was down. Like I was working from day one to this moment. Like it was at the first part of my goal list was like, okay, get, get a partnership or get a commission from LSS. And, uh, yeah, now for Madrid, I was like, uh, in the official coverage team. So I had. Uh, access to the social media channels and could post for the official LSS site, which I was really honored to do for the Madrid uh, World Uprising premiere event. And yeah, I'm, I mean, like so, so much people are saying it, it feels like the videos that I put out on my channel were crafted from LSS or with the LSS team, uh, which is not actually happening. Like I'm, I'm doing this on my own, but I sort of keep an eye, of course, on, on okay, what, what is the team in New Zealand doing and what is the next tournament and what is the plan for the year. And that's also why I started the journey with the ProQuest in the uh, early year and then on going to the Pro Tour New Jersey because I want to have it like a full story for the whole year ending with the Worlds. Uh, it's, uh, it's a great relationship to have. Um, I mean, and you deserve it in, in all honesty because your content is, is exquisite. It's great. Uh, the other thing, which, you know, for some comes as a shock and a surprise, you mentioned how, you know, you got emotional because you, your hard work paid off. And which is, I always preach this. I've been preaching it for years. Hard work does pay off. If you do things the right way and you put in the time and the effort, your passions will get rewarded. And it's good to see that good people like yourself are having that happen. Um, how do you reconcile going to an event now and having people say, hey, you're Fabled Academy? You know, or you're, you're Alex from Fabled Academy. I love your videos. How, how do you deal with this, you know, budding fame, as it were? It's odd to say because people call me famous and I'm like, you're out of your freaking mind because there's no way that I, I'm not, I am not famous. That's not how it goes. But people say they're like, well, you're card game famous. So you're flesh and blood famous. And it's like, it's an odd kind of little sprinkle that adds to your success, which is, it's odd for me. And I love, I, I love talking to people, but it's, it's, do you have that same sort of feeling when somebody comes up to you? And first of all, how often does it happen? Cause I saw you and I'm like, Hey, you're the, you're the guy, you know? And, and how often does that happen to you now? And, and how do you deal with it? How do you feel about that kind of growing notoriety and, and having yourself be this kind of public figure that people recognize and associate with the game? Yeah, at first, I have to say it was weird in the beginning in New Jersey to to actually notice for myself, okay, I'm here uh, at first time in the US. I have gotten into an airplane, airplane for the second time in my life, so I wasn't really a traveling guy. And then thirdly, like I, I come to the city, I, I get into the venue and it is like, okay, n nearly everybody at the um, at the diner, so the uh, the content creators, nearly everybody noticed me and came up and was like, "Hey, cool! It's it's nice to have you here. It's so great that you took the leap and uh, came over here." And and I was really shocked because I I didn't thought it was like this. But I also don't think like I I am a famous person or anything like this. <laughs> I I just think I I put out inspirational content and uh, that is what the community notices and then what they are happy about because um that's that's i think the the whole goal of these videos like when you sit at home and you can't go to these tournaments i want uh that person to be inspired and to have a feeling like okay it's 
it's kind of like I attended the event myself, <laughs> you know, right? Because I, I was in the situation before as as I was a kid, I always read about uh, the Pharaoh's tournament series from Yu-Gi-Oh! And I saw the pictures of the players and the prize cards and everything. And I was how, how awesome would it be if one day I am the person going to a tournament and can feel the vibes that I read here in this magazine about and today it's YouTube, the medium is video, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of happy to see people being inspired and uh, also bringing a positive vibe to the community because that's what the channel is all about. That's what Fabled Academy is all about, uh, bringing a positive vibe to the community and inspiring the people to join in the community or uh, continue to be a part of the community. So do you still get time to play a lot of, of Flesh and Blood? Um, I mean, it's hard for content creators to, especially if you have other things going on, like, you know, you have other responsibilities, you have a day, you know, a day job or whatnot. I mean, these are all things that people need to balance. And it's already hard for anyone else to fit in regular card gaming, especially when you add on the the you know, the efforts and the time required to put out good content like you do. Do you find time to go ahead and, and play the game as much as you, you want to? And I know everyone's going to say, well, I never get enough flesh and blood. But in reality, you know, I, I don't play. There are, there are weeks like ahead of major tournaments like ProQuest season where I'll, I'll jam, you know, 100 games in a week. I mean, that might be an exaggeration, but like 50 games <laughs> in a week to, to really put in the time and, and practice. But do you do you ever find that you're just aching to just put the camera down and, and jam games? Or are you always prioritizing this aspect of your flesh and blood lifestyle? Yes, um, that's actually like one, one of the parts I needed to see positive because I was at some point, yeah, really down because, okay, I'm at these tournaments and, and I, I didn't even get to play one game of flesh and blood in New Jersey, like not even one. And you need to know, like, I wasn't only there for the tournament. I was there before, like we, we were there early in the week at Monday and it was just full on video production all day till Monday, uh, till the last second really. And, um, yeah, I, I needed to make a decision for myself to really see like, it, it's not bad. It's not a, a bad way to not play the game that often like the players do, which I do videos with, but it's actually really, really good for me to be in a position and do what I always dreamed of in making these videos and this content. Uh, but then of course I don't have that much time to play, but occasionally it, it happens. <laughs> like I go to drafts from time to time, I would say like one time in the month here to the LGS and play draft. I, I love draft and sealed. And also we have like uh, a couple of easier decks here at home and Leah and I play here and also show the game to our friends that aren't into TCGs. I have to ask you one more quick quick question. I think there was a there was a short little video of I think when you got home. It might have been when you when you arrived home from Madrid. Uh, it was Leah and the dog uh, at the airport. Is that that's yes. your dog? Uh, yes, the, yes, that's our dog. His name is Kodiak. <laughs> Kodiak, that was it. Right, right, right. Kodiak is a that's a there's a lot of like Canadiana in in the, something like Kodiak. I think Kodiak's like a bear, right? Yes, that's right. And yeah. that's actually the reason why Leah named uh, Kodiak Kodiak because yeah, she was um, once in her life in, in Canada and she loves animals. So um, yeah, she named Kodiak uh, our dog because of the Kodiak beer because she was in Canada. I'm going to add um, Kodiak to the, the list of wonderful flesh and blood 
dogs that are out there. There's uh, Beignet, which is uh, which is Tannen Grace's dog. There's uh, Bailey, which is uh, Tarek's uh, Tarek Patel's dog. Wow. And now there's uh, there's all oh, there's there's plenty more. Uh, Red Zone Rogue has a dog as well. And now and now there's yours. Now Kodiak is part of that roster. We need to release a set a set of all dogs, and it's going to be all the flesh and blood dogs. And Kodiak is going to be one of those heroes. So if if anyone's out there listening, um, go ahead and, and bother Fabled Academy, bother Alex for pictures of uh, of Kodiak because you guys can make a, a custom card, a custom hero. And we're gonna release a draftable dog set, and it's gonna be amazing. Um, aside from that, my friend, I mean, you've got so much going on. Your success has been meteoric in terms of of just how fast it's progressed, but beyond that. You have other projects working or that are in the works, one of which is fabledacademy.com. And you mentioned to me, you're like, oh, I'm cool to talk about this. I would love to talk about this, but it's still a work in progress. So fabledacademy.com yes. right now, as you mentioned, it's just like a, a, it's a one page thing, but it's a it's a work in progress. Can you talk to me a little bit about what it's meant to be, what fabledacademy.com, you know, other than just a, a place where people can learn more about you and, and your content, but what is it meant to be? Yes. So, um, you know, the, the background of myself is also like, um, I'm, I'm working as a UX designer. So, um, I was once in an agency working for e-commerce and then also at the moment for the last two and a half years, I'm working in a software company focusing on the UX part. And, um, that's why I, I really love to do like websites and digital services. I just love to think about these kind of their services and also work with them. So when I started my YouTube channel, I kind of had in mind, okay, at some point I maybe want to do a website, a shop or something like this. So I bought um, the domain alongside releasing my first video. And as I was in New Jersey, um, shout outs to Martin here from uh, yeah, Germany. Uh, source of cards. Um, he developed the first one page room and uh, just to kick things off and take a first step <laughs> towards the website because um, in the future I really want to focus on the website when the channel is growing and uh, kind of the flow is going with uh, the videos. And uh, what I have in mind for the next step is um, yeah, I want to show the whole story of this year on the website. So beginning with the ProQuest tournament series, ongoing with New Jersey, what you can already see on the channel, and then following up with Lil and Worlds, um, making it seen on the, on the website, Fabled Academy, and also taking the chance to add on content to that. So it will not only be uh, videos, but then we can relate to the story in a whole and uh, make some more interesting ways to see the whole year and bring it to new players. So players who will maybe not be uh, competitive players, but more on a casual side, but maybe inspire these persons to uh, join in the game or to uh, competitive players who are in the game to really show them, okay, see what flesh and blood uh, is opening up to you in a competitive world and maybe um, also get more content out uh, from there. I think a lot of people are intimidated by the game in terms of, you know, like there's there's various different things that are hinder somebody from actually diving into flesh and blood or any card game for that matter. 
Sometimes it's the complexity of the rules. Sometimes it's the cost of entry. Cards are too expensive. Uh, accessibility to cards. Just the local scene is not quite there. But others, others have an issue when it comes to the culture and the, you know, just the fact that it's intimidating sometimes to jump into a game when you don't know what the player base is like. And, you know, every player base is, base is different, and I'm not trying to stereotype anything here, uh, but what I think that you do a really good job of is just showing the humanity behind the game, which allows people to have less of a... How do I say this? Uh, you know, Less of a, of, of, um, you know, a worry that they're going to be thrust into this culture, this community where people will either just shun them for being new, not want to deal with them. And this is something that I've seen in other games and, and whatnot. Not, it's not, you know, not that every game is like this or every game is exclusively like this way, but I've, I've, I've witnessed it before where people who are new get turned off by the game, not because of the rules, not because of the cost or anything like that, but because of the reception and, and the community culture within their area is is a little bit, uh, you know, toxic's not the word, but it's not very inviting. And what I think that you do well is you really demonstrate, like I mentioned, the humanity behind the game. And um, moving forward and that being your mission, uh, it has been exquisite. So, you know, I want to give you major kudos kudos for, for doing that. Um, is it hard? Sorry, yeah, go ahead. I just wanted to thank you because I don't want to make it like, uh, yeah, for me, it's really an awesome feeling to, to get this feedback and, um, yeah, I'm, I'm just really happy about your words. Oh, well, you're, you're very welcome. Again, I, I'm not trying to, I, I don't bring people on the show just to pump their tires and whatnot. Like, you know, you, you, you've, <laughs> you've put, you've, you're on the show by merit of the fact that you're a fascinating individual with a great story and, and you, your, your contributions to the community are, are, you know, nearly immeasurable and they're only growing. But, I mean, do you find it hard sometimes? I mean, like, th this is the one thing that I've had trouble reconciling with with other card games. It's like you want to focus on the positive and you want to really nurture that positivity and, and, and put the, 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 you know, the spotlight on it. But, you know, when you come across negative aspects of, it, of, of you know, the culture of the card game or anything in that matter that pertaining to your work, do you shy away from it? Do you tackle it? Do you do you meet it head on? How do you approach, uh, you know, either controversy or or negative storylines or things that are not necessarily as um, positive and uplifting? They're there. People are aware of them. And and for example, if I'm going to give you an example here, it's like when I had James on the podcast a couple months ago in Jan in January, talking about stuff like um, Channel Fireball. Talking about things like first edition and set and and unlimited and the problems, James was never shy to address these concerns. He's, they're they're realities. They're true. Do you find that you have the same approach to these, or are you purely looking to magnify and focus on the positive elements and leave out some of the nasty blemishes that may may exist? Yes, so I think this, this is a really important part about the game and also about the community because, of course, um, these uh, things happen and you can't just like to toss them aside and think like, okay, I just leave it there and it will never happen again. Um, actually, it is something that needs to be addressed and also needs to be talked about. 
but uh, you can choose the way to um, actually see and also to show this um, because there is one way to just say okay this is really bad just it <laughs> you know it's it's not um, not my style I think when also when a person comes up and has like, have like critique or he's saying okay I don't like the video then I'm like okay maybe you have a point like tell me and maybe next time I can make it really a little bit better for you or maybe I can say that's your side of the uh, coin I see it on a on another way but um, I, don't, I don't want to just leave the bad things out. Um, I think like in, in my recent video with uh, Florian Christian Login, who has made a second place in New Jersey, um, I tried to show the one side of the coin for him, which was actually like he, he was losing the finals, which at first was a really nasty feeling to have. And uh, that's part of the game. Like one, one person wins, the other one loses. And uh, you need to identify with these kind of things when you are on a highly competitive level, because even though Florin was in the finals, at first it was a really bad feeling to have when you see, okay, I, I had Pablo on one life point, but then he got me in the last second. And I was so near to uh, Florin in that moment, I really could see the emotions that he had when this uh, happened. But then a couple of minutes afterwards, he settled and was like, okay, man, you know what? I wasn't a finals like th yeah. this was freaking awesome uh, i just played against pablo it was a freaking nice match and i can take so much out of this and that's also what he's saying in the interview and that's what i wanted to show it um and also took in the thumbnail so how does it feel like to lose the finals and that's a reality that people need to you know have a, a view of is that it's not you know it's not just about the successes and the celebrations is that there are there's heartbreak out there and it's worth it's worth acknowledging and it's worth having uh, a look at because it's part of the reality. And the way that I, 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 I discuss it with people is that, you know, the, the higher the ladder you climb, unless you you reach the top, the fall is gets more and more painful because, you know, the feeling's great. And, and this has been tough for me to digest over time is, you know, even in smaller tournaments like ProQuest, the more success I have, the harder it is for me to deal with with defeat and you know losing in a top eight or losing in a top four you know all you're doing is you're climbing higher and higher but the fall becomes that much more painful and that much more devastating and for somebody like florin like you mentioned that finished second you said it you said it you know like you're in the freaking finals like that's that is something that only two people in the world can have under their belt and you didn't win but you got there and that's in itself but it doesn't take away from the sting of defeat of being one point away uh of of you know of of being a champion and that is that's tough so again i appreciate the fact that you don't hide away from this stuff and uh fun fact by the way alex is that you know do you know what you and james white have in common <laughs> no tell me uh you are the only two people to say the f word on this <laughs> on this podcast which is awesome <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's only you and it's only him. You, so you, the two of you over 37 episodes, I think it's both of it's only you. I may have, but I don't count. So um, that's awesome. That's that's awesome because my my producer is always like, stop. Like we used to do podcasts. Like me and my producer Mark Mark Gibson uh, from 983 Media. We we have done we've worked together for like five years and like. He's like, okay, if you want to be serious, you got to stop swearing all the time. And I was like, all right, fine. 
All right, fine. We'll get there. So, uh, but it's always nice when a guest does it because I always say that I don't trust anybody who doesn't swear because I feel like they're 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 overthinking what they're saying and they're not letting they're not letting their you know their true self just flow through. They're they're adding too many filters. So, uh, I always appreciate the candid nature of you, Alex. It's awesome, dude. It's, it's it's what you say you you need to be yourself and that's also what uh what is important not only in in person but also online and uh, that that's also one one side maybe that shies away people from doing this actually because everything that you put out on the internet is kind of there forever even though you can delete your videos yourself but everything you say, everything you show, uh, everything you do is then there and also there to be noticed. And maybe some people don't like it. You, know, you need to be aware of this. Well, that's, that's a true fact. I mean, besides the fact that things exist on the Internet, trust me, I have pictures of me in college that I wish were scrubbed out of humanity forever. But they live there. <laughs> and uh, there's also, I, I've said this before, there is a video floating around out there of me uh, at a lip sync contest in a leotard doing the entire single ladies dance uh, by Beyonce. Fully choreographed <laughs> the entire thing. It's out there. Um, if somebody hunts it hard enough, they might find it. Otherwise, ladies and gentlemen, that one lives on my hard drive until I find a reason to, to release it out in the wild. But Mr. Alex, uh, before we, we go on, because y you brought something to give away. We're going to get to that in just a second. I just want to talk to you a little bit about your future endeavors and, and your ambitions within Flesh and Blood, because you know, ambitions and, and, you know, effort and that kind of fire lit under your ass as you're, as you're progressing with your passions, that's all well and good. But it seems to me like you have just been this rocket ship of success over the past six months, which is exceptional. Um, where, where do you want to be like six months from now? Like, where do you want to establish yourself? What is the ideal life situation for, for Alex? Is it, you know, just status quo, keep making content? Do you want to be making more feature-length documentaries? Do you want another dog? Do you want to move to Canada and have beers with Flake, like, every weekend with your dog? Like, what do you want to do? Like, these all sound great to me. Yeah, I think the last one is for sure. Like, <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> I'm all for um, that. Hey, well, are you, are you going to be in Paris, by the way? Um, I... France for sure. Like we will uh, sorry, see not Paris. There. Yeah, in Lille. Are you gonna be? You're gonna be in Lille. Yeah. So that has to be a thing. Um, yeah. I, I, I've gotten a bunch of messages from people saying, "Hey, are you gonna be in in Lille?" And I say, "Yes." And they're like, "Okay," because I know you speak French, so I'm gonna have to be around you to translate things uh, if we're out and about. So I have people like Matt Rogers saying, "Okay, uh, you're my dinner date for like for Lille." I'm like, "Yep, we got it." So <laughs> you're 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 you can come along too. I, I'm just gonna be around. Uh, uh, um, you know, but I'm, I'm, that's part of it is like, do they do good beer in France? Like, I don't even know what the beer said. I know Germany is like just wicked awesome for beer, but yeah, that's like, I think the, the most, uh, annoying thing for people when they get to know me because I am German and then they want to drink beer with me and oh, you don't drink I'm beer. Like, oh, I don't drink any alcohol at oh, all. Okay. That's <laughs> fine, dude. We'll go get coffee, man. I'm like, I'm sure we can go get some, yeah, I'm down for that. Just some good old Alex Flake hang time. I'm all for yeah. it. Uh, so yeah, so your ambitions, you know, moving forward, where do you want to yeah. be six months from now? So I, I uh, thought a lot about, about this because um, I already taken in so, so much hours, days and weeks into this. 
And also like going to the bigger tournaments is really a, not only a time effort, but also an, an effort to be invested in. And um, really like I, I want to at, so, at some point make this um, a business that I can live off. Um, I'm, I'm not sure this will be in six months, but I for sure want to build a revenue stream in the next six months. That's also why I want to kick off um, the fabledacademy.com website as an MVP and show to uh, sponsors and partners uh, like what is possible in the future and talk about the prototypes for uh, the next year on what we want to develop and what features we want to integrate into the website, but also what stories we want to craft in the next year. So I think my goal is to keep going as I am now. So I will go to the bigger tournaments and also grow the YouTube channel. And I, I was also asked one time, like, okay, what, what is a subscriber count you, you want to work on? Uh, like, I'm, I'm not sure about this one, but for this month, I'm sure I want to break the, the four mark. So I want to get to 1000 subscribers in this month at the end. Uh, even when we are not there yet, we have, I think, 110 or 120 people uh, left to do this. So it is quite of a challenge, but yeah, I, I'm on for that. <laughs> it's definitely a difficult thing to go ahead and get people to click on those buttons, but your content is yeah. definitely worth it, uh, Alex, and you're you're an absolute just gem within the community, my friend. Um, we have the joy, Instant Speed family, that uh, Alex has brought some swag that he wants to give away here on the podcast. So uh, if, for those with the benefit of video connection through youtube here at 93 media please alex show us the cards these are the three if i'm not mistaken three full art heralds of rebirth uh one of each color you got the red the yellow and the blue uh these are beautiful full arts that are being given away i have uh i have got a play set of these and they are absolutely exquisite frankly all of the herald full arts in foil are works of art so uh, you want to give these away to one of my viewers, which is so generous yeah. of you, Alex. So please tell us, what's the best way for somebody to win this? Yes, I think uh, what I want to see is uh, comments on this video. So please tell me, uh, what are you excited about in the future for this year in Flesh and Blood? That's a good one. I like that. And uh, bonus points, if you can... We're talking about Kodiak as a hero, right? Why don't, why don't we get people to write what they think a good hero text would be for Kodiak? Is that not like a class, a class, a talent, and game text for Kodiak? I think that that's extra bonus points if you slam that in there, ladies and gentlemen. But uh, that's great. So you'll you'll you're gonna reach out to whoever wins. But a good idea, friends, is to go ahead and follow at Fabled Academy on Twitter as well, because that is uh, a good way to get in touch and keep track of everything Alex is doing. But Alex, we, we're not done here because we've got the go again segment. Some rapid fire questions. Are you gonna stick around for that, Alex? Yes, for sure. Let's do it. Hell yes. All right, friends, we will be right back with Alex and go again right after these words from BCW Supplies. Pre-release is way behind us, and I can say that I had a great time playing the new cards. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that I got to bust open some new sleeves and use my favorite deck box from BCW Supplies. So, friends, go to bcwsupplies.com. Use the code ISP10. That'll get you 10% off all of your orders. Cool stuff like the... 
Prism style. Very sleek and concise deck boxes. You can go ahead and get some Wicked Elite 2 sleeves. Those are the ones that I use as well. You can go ahead and get some stuff that is not card game related, like vinyl protection for your record collection. How about comic book protection and all that stuff, coin collections. There's a really cool thing I saw somebody tweet about, which was a sorting tray. And I need to get my hands on those because those are awesome. I'm very, very particular about organizing my cards. So the BCW Supplies sorting tray is next on my list. Go to bcwsupplies.com, use the code ISP10, get 10% off all of your orders. BCW Supplies, protect, store, display. We are back. We're about to go wide on Alex of Fabled Academy fame. We're going to go again on a series of rapid-fire questions, some of these submitted by all of you wonderful people out there within the uh, Flesh and Blood universe. So thank you so much for the submissions. As always, you can uh, get your submissions in uh, through the Discord channel, through uh, Patreon, through Twitter, a whole bunch of different ways. So thank you so much for submitting. Alex, are you ready to go again? Yes. All right. First, let's do it. My favorite one that I always open up with is what is Alex's hidden talent? Um, actually, my hidden talent is, I think, an acrobatic one. So uh, I can uh, do a flying kick. So that's why I also love the ninja class. So maybe uh, one day on the tournament, you will see me uh, doing this. <laughs> well, I was, I'm just taking a look at your space there. Uh, you know, there's no room for you to do it right now on camera, I would imagine, right? Without like no, kicking right. one of those pictures off the wall or putting a hole in the drywall. Yeah, okay. Uh, we'll save that for, we'll do that in Lil. I think that's definitely yeah. worth it. You can teach me how yes. to do that. Uh, yeah. Next question from Fresh and Buds Pod. That would be Mr. Tommy Fresh. Uh, before I ask the question, uh, I have to ask you this. Blue cheese or ranch as a dipping sauce? Oh, ranch one. <laughs> Atta boy! Oh, he's not going to like that one. Okay, so here's his actual question. He says, do you find that creating narrative in your projects come easier as you are filming or when you are in the post-production phase? So I think it is a combination. So, um, yeah, my man got it right here. So we have a, uh, we have a production side, we have a post-production, um, but also we have a pre-production, which is really important for crafting the story. And that's like kind of where I set the stone um, and the tone for uh, the story. So lining out a basic concept before I actually take the camera. And uh, then when I film, of course, at tournaments, there come situations that I don't plan for. Um, for example, like I, I didn't really plan the, all the stuff you will see from New Jersey in the next weeks on my channel. But um, I had concepts written out and then I could dig some of those gems I got in while filming. And then, of course, in the post-production, it is just like taking the concept and then working on with the files. But for sure, there are um, some films uh, that I have only gotten the narrative in the post-production. Yeah, it's, it's kind of depends on the story. That's a good answer. All right, here's a scenario for you, uh, Alex. You're watching TV. You're flipping through channels. You come across a movie. What movie would it be that makes you stop and continue watching that movie? Like you're, you're flipping through channels and you're like, wow, I can't. I have to watch this. Like, what is that movie? Yeah, so um, I, I think that one would be Pulp Fiction, I guess. So I'm a huge Quentin Tarantino fan. And uh, yeah. I'm not, a, that 
I've never seen Pulp Fiction, and I know that I'm going to get crucified for this, but I have seen a bunch of Quentin Tarantino. I'm not a big gore-style person, and I know he likes to go hard on that, but yes. I have to say, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was an amazing movie. Like, that was yeah. exquisite. Um, next one. This one from Erica at Erica Forsloff says, What's your favorite German word? Now, I would imagine... That that's just what's your favorite word, considering considering <laughs> that you speak German as a that's your first language, I imagine, correct? Right. That's richtig. Uh, there you go. So, what is your favorite word to say in German? And then you know what? Give us your favorite English word as well. <laughs> so I I think I don't have a favorite word in German, but I think there's so much funny words in German that don't make sense when you are not a German language person. So stuff like Schulranzen or Butterbrot, stuff like this. Like I, th I think when I talk to, to a person that has English as their first language, they're always like, what are these words for? Like, they sound so gross. <laughs> <laughs> they're very aggressive. Like butterfly yes. and Schmetterlink. I'm like, nah, that's, <laughs> yes. you know, one sounds so creamy yeah. and fluttery. And the other one is just like what you'd, put inside somebody's kidneys in a street fight you know <laughs> like that's kind of how it sounds uh what about your favorite english word yeah i th i think like uh english is a really nice language at first like i i'm I really <laughs> <At first>. <laughs> to to uh to talk in english and write in english so often now through flesh and blood and uh yeah i i think like my my favorite english word is get on, get on i think it's not one word it's Two words, actually. Yeah, get get on is uh, something I really like. Telling really someone to get on, like just get on, like that yeah. sounds like a UK thing. Like that seems like a more of an England England <laughs> thing uh, than anything else. Like for instance, um, uh, when I was getting into Flesh and Blood many like a year ago or so, or over a year ago, some of the players that I played with were from the UK, and they would say things like "crack on." Like crack on! I'm like, the hell is happening? That's so cool! Like, it, this is my language, and I'm just learning it now. You know, so it's it's always fascinating just how these kinds of things um, happen. Here's here's one that I am all for. Uh, obviously, in a in a fun light, but do major tournaments need more drama? And by drama, I don't mean like personal gripes and fights and that kind of stuff. I mean more so in the sense of smack talk during the interview process, more, more, you know, history between players of this person's beat this person and this and that, you know, more of that kind of extra layers that really makes the broadcast and the, and the tournaments real juicy to tune into. Yes, for sure. I'm, I'm all on that train. And uh, actually, as I was in New Jersey, I met up with... Hayden and Brandon from Arsenal Pass. And uh, I can tell you, like, Brandon is on that train too. <laughs> like, I, I really anticipate this kind of uh, vibes on tournaments and between players. And I love to see that. Like, I, I always kind of envision, like, tournaments in flesh and blood. Uh, and then I see, like, wrestling and soccer and everything like there. Uh, also, like, Man, let, let's have this competition, not only on the table, but also besides the, uh, the tournament. Yeah, for sure. I love it. Uh, next one is, what is a video that you've always wanted to make, but just couldn't? Either you can't do it yet, or it just, it just does, it just can't happen. 
Yes. So actually that is on, on my bucket list for Fabled Academy. Um, and before New Jersey, I was like, okay, I want to for sure want to make a travel video where I go to another country really far away and make something like uh, New Jersey. But um, then there's something even bigger, which I hope at one point in the future I can make happen. And that is like a video where we integrate VFX. So not showing like the real players on the tournaments, but actually maybe bring a hero like uh, Katsu or Dorinthia to life in, in, in video with VFX and special effects, sound design and everything. You, so you feel like you are in a little cinematic uh, setting, not only for the tournament side, but as you were sitting in the cinema, actually. That's pretty rad. I like it. It's kind of like, you know, when you, uh, like you have the, the way I see it is like you have a, you have the player and behind him could be like this big VFX of the hero they're representing. And there's like this big cool graphic. And you know how, like if you're playing street fighter and you're both playing like the same character, like there's like a color palette that's different or in, in smash bros, like it could be the same thing. Like you have Katsu wearing the blue and then Katsu wearing like kind of red or something like that. Like that would be so cool. Yes. Oh God. Yeah. You know, somebody give this guy a million dollars, just give Fable the cat, <laughs> like just do it. Just make this happen. Um, Next question is from Capolo, a.k.a. Andrea Biaggi, coming from the Discord, asking, do you have any tips for content creators to improve their recording and editing skills? How do you make a video interesting to watch? This is quite layered. I mean, besides the basics of just, yeah. you know, there, like there's a technical component to this question, and then there's more of like a, a, philo a philosophical component. Um, yes. How do you tackle this? Yeah, um, I think this, uh, I get asked this question quite often. So how can I make my videos improve, my skills improve? And um, I had this moment also in Madrid. And uh, to that person, I just handed my, my phone and said, okay, let's, let's do a video right now. And you can experience like how you can improve your skills. And it's it's kind of like like this you need to take a step by step and also not focus on um, the technical side so much so really focus on the story so writing out a storyline um, having a concept in mind that is really important not worrying about which camera you use uh, if it's 10,000 or a 500 euro camera um, but then actually when you want to improve the visuals work with lights um, I mean, just like you see here, I have three lights set up and I'm only filming here with the MacBook Pro uh, camera, which is kind of sucky. And uh, with lights, it, it comes out pretty great. Like it's not cinema level, but you can make a bad camera work with uh, cheap lights and uh, don't buy a, an expensive camera, buy some proper lights and an audio equipment and write a good story. So how do you make the videos interesting in that regard? Because looking good and editing, you know, and piecing parts together is just one element to it. But, you know, you can put sprinkles on a piece of crap, but if it's a piece of crap, you're not going to get anyone to sort of, uh, you know, buy into it. So how do, you rec how, do you, how do you approach that? How do you make your videos interesting? Yeah, so I, I think the important part is to combine uh, what you write in the story and then what you have in a timeline in your editing software because there are so much little tricks and techniques you can use uh, that are not really that hard to learn. Like doing a Y and L cut is pretty easy. Everybody can do that. Um, just 
now when you don't know what this is, go to YouTube and learn how uh, cutting techniques work. And you will see, like, uh, of course, big cinema um, movies take in VFX and everything, but the cutters actually work with pretty simple cutting techniques and they're working really great to underline what you want to say in an interview, what uh, a really easy setup is, but you can punch in, you can make a zoom, you can film a second angle or show um, what the person says at that moment and suddenly it is quite interesting to watch. Wonderful. All right, last one. Uh, what is Alex's walkout music? Full blast. Crowded stadium, <laughs> pyro, smoke machines. You're walking down to the to the you know to the ring. What is your walkout music? Yeah, I, I think um, it would be the Digimon theme song. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, that one. Is that the one where it's like Digimon, digital monsters, Digimons are the champion? No, that's not it. I thought that was it. I, I listen. No. I used to watch Digimon on TV, like the cartoons, for a while, uh, but I knew nothing about the card game or anything beyond that. No, it's like uh, I think in, in German it's "Leb dein Traum," so "Live your dream," kind of oh. that. Yeah. Hey, yes. wise words from uh, Digital Pocket Monsters. Can't go wrong. <laughs> All right. Well, Alex of Fabled Academy, it has been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. I know that. Uh, we've we've uh, we've crossed paths uh, we've crossed paths um, several times in the over the course of uh, you know our time in New Jersey and you are one of my favorite people within the community and I do sincerely appreciate what you do and I know that that's echoed across many out there so thank you so much for being on the show my friend thank you so much for having me and I hope to see you in France oh you will be there absolutely you and I yeah. espresso on a nice little cafe patio yes. somewhere it's gonna be great that's, that's the kind of thing things we need to do <laughs> that's it like i and what's funny is like everybody is just like oh you know like i used to be a party animal to a degree like i used to be a bartender <laughs> i used to have like that whole lifestyle that was my my life was you know working from 4 to 2 a.m and then going out from like 2 a.m to like 4 a.m every night that was my life and that is kind of behind me now you know what what i love i love sitting on a patio at like 10 30 in the morning on a sunny day drinking really good espresso and having like a cookie that's that's the dream for me you know yes for like, me too i can't relate <laughs> like we're getting old like people like elaine who are like we're going partying here i'm like all right let's go and i'm just like just dying to just have a an, an espresso somewhere that's just kind of my life but my friend uh if for, for those who are not in the know where can we connect with more Fabled Academy and more of your content? Yes, so at first that would be the YouTube channel, um, Fabled Academy on YouTube, but also I focused on Twitter since uh, New Jersey, um, which I kinda hated before, but now I really like Twitter. So if you want to write or drop a message, Twitter is a really good place. And in the future, I will also be more active on Instagram again, which I was in the past year at the ProQuest in Europe. But now uh, kind of I toss aside Instagram. So for the future, Instagram too. That's great. And don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, that if you do comment on this video with your rendition of what Kodiak, the wonderful animal hero, the first ever animal hero uh, in Flesh and Blood, if you give us a nice idea of what it was, you could win one of those three full art foil 
Heralds of Rebirth, which uh, Mr. Alex here will send your way. Uh, just, just, just for a little, you know, two seconds of creativity, you can toss it in and put your name in that hat. But friends, uh, you know, thank you so much for listening. And Alex, please give my best to Leah and to Kodiak. Uh, you guys are awesome. And don't forget, friends, you are not losing if you're learning. So keep playing the game. We'll see you next week on the Instant Speed Podcast. Well, I